If we please. Blessed Father of the one who came, we praise you so much because that song we call and you answer. But before we even knew to call, you already answered and you already came. Thank you so, so much. In Jesus' name, amen. It's great to see everybody. My name is Jeff Nesbitt. I'm the youth leader here at Bellwether Church. We want to welcome you, and we give you, uh, we give you so much uh, encouragement through these holiday season, whether you're going through a tough time, because I know holidays are sometimes tough for people. They're sometimes good for people. So we want to encourage you, whatever time you're going through, we want to be a place of encouragement, a place of hope. Today is all about hope. It's the first Sunday in Advent, and the first Sunday of Advent's theme is hope. And we're going to be celebrating that today with our candles. You'll hear a little bit more about that later today. So we do. We welcome you to worship God with us. And at this time, I'd like to welcome the children up on stage with me. Children, as you do come, I want you to take a look at the screen. I want you to tell me who you see on the screen. Come and have a seat with me up front. Can you see that guy on the screen as y'all come on stage? Who do y'all see up on the screen? Santa Claus. Awesome. Do y'all like Santa? Do y'all love Santa? Does he bring y'all any of these? When I was y'all's age... I came down the stairs, my parents always told me the story, and they said that I saw all the presents on the trees, and I just said, I just love you, Santa Claus, I just love you. So I hope y'all love Santa Claus. What is the song that we know about Santa Claus that y'all know? Let me, let me start out for you. You better watch out. How's it go? You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town, right? Well, Santa Claus is a cool guy, he's got songs all about him. We sing about him. But Christmas is not just about Santa coming to town. Who else is it about? Somebody else came to town. Jesus, the Son of God, he came to town. He came to a little town called, who knows, Bethlehem. Y'all got it. Y'all good. He came to a little town called Bethlehem. He came from heaven to earth. And he came to give us gifts. He's, he's even better than Santa Claus. He gives us gifts. He even gives us himself. He is the best gift. And that's why I have this today. Because I have some things in this box that symbolize, they're not toys. Oh, I know it, I know it. They're not toys, but they symbolize some of the gifts that Jesus came to bring us. All right, let me give these out. Let me show you what these are. Do y'all see the candles over there? Who's ready for a candle in your stocking this Christmas? I mean, y'all just want these in your stocking. You want to wake up and get a candle, all right? I know you are. That's, that's what your mom, dad, give me a candle. Well, look, here's what we got. These candles symbolize what, what Christ gives us at Christmas, all right? We got, we got three purple ones, a pink one, ladies, little girls, you like pink? Yeah? And then we got a white one, all right? The white one symbolizes Christ. We'll talk about that in a second. But these three are purple, and we're going to light one today, and this is, the, this is the, uh, the gift of hope that we're going to symbolize with this first candle. We're going to have two people who are going to come up and light the candle for us, and it's the gift of hope. Now, hope... You may hope that it doesn't rain so you can go play outside. You may hope that your mom and dad don't feed you green beans and broccoli for, for dinner. I don't know. Some of y'all may like that. Some of y'all do? No? You, you actually hope that your mom and dad don't give you green beans. Well, that's just like a wish. You're just kind of hoping that they don't give it to you, but you, you just, they may. They may do it. When, when God gives us hope, you can expect that it's going to happen. You know it's going to happen. You can trust it. It's a guarantee. 
4,000 years before Christ was born. That's a long time. 4,000 years, God told Adam and Eve that somebody was coming that was going to save them from all the evil. 700 years before Christ was born, God gave hope to his people through a prophet named Isaiah. And Isaiah said there's going to be a, a young lady, a young girl who's going to give birth, and she's going to be holy and pure. She's going to give birth to a son, and his name is going to be Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel mean? Oh, man, well, you, at least you got Emmanuel. It means God with us. And also 700 years before Christ was born, a guy named Micah, he was a prophet, and he said that someone's going to rise out of, out of Bethlehem. He's going to be a ruler. And so all these people told all God's people about these hopeful stories about someone who was coming. And it gave people hope. And Jesus Christ was coming. And so we light this candle today. It's going to be right over there for hope. And we're going to light these other candles throughout the next four Sundays. Love, joy, peace. This one's going to be joy. You got it. You're going on, man. And then on the, on the night before Christmas, went all through the house. Not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. And then what? By the chimney, the stockings were hung, right? And the hopes that who was coming? St. Nicholas, right? Well, on the night before Christmas, we're going to be hoping that Jesus comes, not just Santa Claus. And so we're going to take this white candle and we're going to light it in the hope that Christ is coming. But he didn't just come at Christmas, he's coming again. And Revelation says that he is coming, and our prayer and our hope is to say, Amen, come Lord Jesus. So as you get ready for Christmas, and you're hopeful for all those presents under the Christmas tree, say, come Lord Jesus. I hope I have you more than all these gifts. We're going to have two people that are part of our Bellwether family, and they're going to come to the stage. Mark Hagwood and Catherine Cress, if you all would come forward, they're going to read some scripture. And they're going to say a saying about the, uh, the first candle of hope. And congregation, if you want to, they're going to be reading from Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 through 3, if you all want to read along. It's also going to appear on your screen. And then we'll read that scripture and light the candle. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the people's. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. We light this candle as a symbol of Christ our hope. May the light sent from God shine in the darkness to show us the way of salvation. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Amen. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Catherine. We appreciate you guys. Let's pray together. Blessed Father, you have given us your son, Jesus Christ, who came as a baby. And he died as a savior, and he rose as Lord, and he's coming back as a king. And Jesus, as you came as a child, we think about all these children right here sitting before us. And we pray that you will be their hope, and the world, the things of the world, will not be their hope. We do pray for all the other children of the world, dear God, for the babies who are laying in adoption centers. Their cry is, is one of, of not just hoping for a warm bottle, but for a warm embrace. We think about all the children who live in Foster's home, and they hope that one day they can share Christmas traditions with the family. We pray for all the children who are in our communities in Honduras. Father God, all those who are 
starving who have no food, all those who are thirsty who have no water, all the children who may have no hope of a future because they live in extreme poverty. Pray for all the children who are neglected and abused, forgotten. May we be a church who brings them hope because we have the life of Christ and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Father, we pray that we will always show up in love because your son showed up in Bethlehem. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. Y'all can go back to your classes. As they go back to their classes, we enter into a time of worship through our tithes and offering. You will have money baskets that will be passed around. And we do want to thank you for your giving. It's an act of worship. And know that everything that you give, God will take and he will bring hope to somebody in this Christmas. We're going to sing for joy and we're going to sing for hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, it's good to hear Christmas music. I've been listening to it for a month. So, uh, but for all of us, I know it's, it's great singing and, and uh, just entering into this Christmas time. I'm thankful y'all are here. I uh, hope y'all had a great Thanksgiving week. I know some of you had a wonderful night last night. I'm thankful that y'all did. Um, and just uh, thankful it's over. So anyway, um, glad y'all are here. And I am just glad that we're entering into this, this Advent season. You heard Jeff. Catherine, Mark, as they lit the candle, we talked about hope. And uh, this is a special time. It's a special time in our, our Christian life, like personal life. And it's also a special time uh, for us as a church. Bellwether, other churches, it is uh, leading up now to Christmas Eve. And we're going to be going into a series, and really, not even a series, but a time as a church family. And uh, I'm going to be starting to talk about that today. But first off, I don't know if, if all of you know what Advent means, but it literally means the preparation, preparing for the coming of Christ. So over the next month, over the next 25 or some odd days, we should be preparing for the coming of Christ, okay? And in doing so, I've started this sermon series that I am calling Advent Conspiracy, okay? Advent Conspiracy. So if Advent means preparing for the coming of Christ, conspiracy, and there are probably several definitions, but it it basically means to know something's going to happen and then also to take part of it. Now, conspiracy is usually used in negative terms. I mean, you know, you think about history, you know, assassination attempts or conspiracies. And a lot of times people, there are things that they don't like and they kind of formulate a conspiracy about them. But it's not always used negatively. Conspiracy is just, you know, you know something's going to happen, and then you're also taking part in it. So I want to challenge us as a church body, I want to challenge you in your personal life to live an Advent conspiracy. And here's what it is. Live, I challenge you, I dare you to be part of this conspiracy, to live this Christmas season as if you know for a fact that Jesus Christ will come again this Christmas Eve or this Christmas morning. To live this Christmas season, to live this Advent season, as if you knew in your mind, in your heart, in your soul, that Jesus would return at Christmas, Christmas Day. And if you do that, if we were all to do that, man, it would totally change. It would just totally change change how we live our life. 
It would totally change what we ask for for Christmas. It would totally change what we give for Christmas. It would totally change how we see Christmas morning. I mean, if we think about, you know, Jesus is going to come back on Christmas morning, then there is no the traditional Christmas mornings that we have or our families have. It's totally different. We would change how we interact with people. We would change how we talk, how we relate. Maybe we would take an effort to um, mend a broken relationship. Maybe we would make an effort to reach out to people who um, have been lost in our lives. Maybe we would make an effort to give more. Maybe we would make an effort to be kinder. Husbands, maybe you'd make more of an effort to be sweet to your wives. Wives, maybe be more of an effort to be sweet to your husband. I mean, it would just totally, totally change our life. And I think in a very good way. In a very good way. So it'd be like, even if he doesn't come Christmas Day, why not live like that, you know? But what if he does? I mean, take for a moment, suspend disbelief, okay? What if he were to come back this Christmas? Because Scripture tells us, I was reading through Matthew, and it's not up on screen, but Matthew 24 this week, Jesus is talking over and over about how he will return to this earth. I mean, he says it, Clearly, he said, you know, be prepared. You don't know the day. You don't know the hour. I'm coming back. I talked to this pastor up in my hometown of New Albany this week, and he, he pastors a, um, well, a, a church out in the country, and he, he has a, a sermon that he preaches every year about Jesus coming back, and his title is, Ready or Not, Here I Come. Ready or not, here he comes. I mean, he is coming back. It is a foundational principle of our faith. I mean, it's what he says, it's what the angel said in Acts 1 as he ascended into heaven. It says he will return in the same way. He's coming back, guys. He's coming back. And so also this time, if we were to live like he was returning Christmas Day, man, it would... Think in your heart. Hold on. Think in your heart. Do you really believe that he's coming back? And see, we say we believe. I mean, all of us do, if, if we're Christians, because it's what the Bible says. It's what we, we've learned. But, I mean, do we really believe it? Do we really believe it? I'll be honest. I mean, I think if you're honest with yourselves, I mean, when I started thinking about this sermon series you were preparing, I was like, man, do I really believe it? Well, of course I do mentally, but no, but I mean, do I really believe it? Because if I really believed it, then, honestly, we don't have to, like, play a conspiracy game or anything. It would change how we live just in general. He says he could come back any time. He might come back tomorrow. He might come back Christmas Eve. And if I really knew that and believed it in my heart, then how I lived would just be dramatically different. He said it. We say it in our churches or in our Sunday school classes or growing up. Jesus is going to come back. So would you be part of this conspiracy to live this Christmas season as if he is truly going to return on Christmas Day. Even if you can't buy into it. Even if you say, man, I, you know, I really, I don't know. Maybe you're here and you're not even a believer. You're not a Christian. Well, would you do this? Would you indulge me in this way? Would you live this Advent season? Would you live this Christmas season as if it were your last? Because it could be our last. I mean, we don't know when the Lord is going to take us. And if we live this Christmas season as if it were our last, it would still be just dramatically, drastically different. We would still probably do all the same things that I talked about earlier in speaking, in acting, in reaching out, in loving, in sharing. And maybe we would give different gifts or maybe we would ask for different things. So, 
My challenge for us, my challenge for myself personally, for our family, for this church family, would you live this Advent, would you live this Christmas season as if Jesus Christ, our Lord, who we celebrate and who we're going to praise this whole next month of the child and the manger and all of that and roll it out, would you live like he is returning again Christmas Day? And if we do that, man, if we all did that together, I mean, it would be such a powerful force for this church, for this community. I mean, man, we, we can't imagine how God would work in your lives, in our families' lives. I mean, I just, I implore you. I implore myself. I implore all of us. Let's do this together. Let's live it, really, like he's coming back at Christmas. Here's what we're going to do on Sundays. Here's what we're going to do for the messages, okay? The messages over the next month are going to kind of serve as a guide that if you choose to be part of this conspiracy, okay, as a guide to how we would live and ways that we can live if Jesus were coming back and if we believed it. And we're going to take the traditional Christmas story, which I love, which you love, and so we're just going to focus on that story and Luke it and Matthew over the next month. And we're going to look at the people, the players of that story. We're going to look at them in different ways. And we may actually, like, one Sunday use the same scripture we used the last Sunday, but look at it from different perspectives in that story. And again, these messages are going to serve as a guide as how we should live if we were living like Jesus was coming back in a month's time. And I want to start today, and I want to start with a person, or really people who we know of very well, who we sing about, who we see during this Christmas season, who some of our kids are going to dress up as. I'm going to start with angels. But I want to start with an angel that we often forget about. Because we know the angels on Christmas night, Christmas Eve, the shepherds were out. Angels, you know, we have heard on high, you know, for unto you a child is born, all of that. I mean, we, we know that. This is an angel that we easily forget Gabriel, okay? Gabriel. And actually, Gabriel is like, man, he's, he's in that upper tier of God's angels. So we don't need to forget him. He, he's an important dude, okay? Um, turn to Luke 1, and we're going to see Gabriel. Luke 1, and I'm going to open with verse 26. And this is Gabriel coming to Mary and really getting the ball rolling for the Christmas story, the nativity story. Luke 1, verse 26, it says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, 
and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is, a, uh, this is an interesting exchange that, that Gabriel has with Mary. Gabriel is sent by God as an angel to give a message to Mary. To give good news. Mary, you have found favor with God. You are chosen amongst women. You're going to bear a son. It's going to be God's son. His kingdom will have no end. God sent this angel, God sent Gabriel to give this, this wonderful good news message. And it's interesting because Mary, you know, we don't know how she felt. We weren't there, obviously. But initially she's like, man, how, how can this be? Because I'm, I'm a virgin. I mean, she, she is questioning the angel. And he tells her, hey, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. And then at the end of this exchange, at the end of this conversation, the angel says, nothing is impossible with God. And then Mary, in her humble, faithful self, says, behold, the bond slave of the Lord. It's like she's saying, may as well be done. You say it's so, it's going to be so. I'm his slave. I'll do as he wishes. It was a, a message, and then this conversation that took place between Mary and and Gabriel. And so for you, or for us, if we're going to live this season as if Christ were coming, first and foremost, we need to have a place, we need to be at a point, we need to be at a place where we can hear the messages that God has for us. We need to take time, and this can be the toughest season to take any time, because, I mean, there are going to be parties, there are going to be functions,